Hey, Malachi here, pastor and founder of Life's Word Ministry. Welcome to our podcast. I pray that what you hear will encourage, enlighten, and enrich your life. You know, it's our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live hope and change, to draw you closer to our Heavenly Father, as well as strengthen your walk with Christ, using the Word of God as our foundation. I can't thank you enough for listening and sharing our podcast with others. And now, here's today's message. I greet you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in. This is Life's Word Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Malachi. Please remember to like and share our podcast with others. You know, I want to talk about something that many of us have complained about so often in our life, and that's moving into a new direction in our life. And I'm going to be reading out of the book of Acts tonight. And I'm going to be reading from the 8th chapter, 26th verse through the 39th verse. And this is where Christ is preached to an Ethiopian eunuch. And so tonight, we're going to talk about moving ourselves into a new direction. In other words, it's time for a new direction. And I pray that God will open up the avenues, open up the doors, open up the way for you, one, to see the new direction, and then two, move into that new direction. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for this time that we have to share. We pray and ask, Lord, that you bless each and every one that's listening. Help them to understand the direction in which they are going. And if it's not the direction you purposed for their life, I pray, Lord, that you change their mindset. Help them to understand that the purpose you have for them is the direction they need to be going. Give them the understanding that they need to know the right direction to go. And help them understand that when you say it's time to move, that they take the faith that has been instilled within them to move out on your word. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go over to Acts 8, 26 through 39. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, 
How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch asked Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is some water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. May the Lord bless you that hear the word of God. All right. I want you to try something with me for a moment. I want you to put on your Im imaginary hats and imagine that you are like Philip in our text. You're living a very comfortable life in a familiar place, right? And while you're there, you're very content in carrying out the ministry assignment that you've been given from God. You're meeting the needs of people that you are serving consistently. And then one day out of the blue, with no prior warning or indication, you're called to change your direction. You're called to change what you're doing right now. You're called and requested to cross over, as it were, to another side of town or into another country or another area code or maybe even a different school district. You're called and then you're redirected down an alley or a side street. Maybe across a bridge or under a freeway that is known to separate people into certain classifications or categories. Are you seeing it? Are you clear in what, is, what it is that we are imagining? Okay, now, hold your thoughts right there for a moment. Because in our text, we encounter Philip who finds himself hearing a message from God that informs him to move into a new direction. A new direction that leads to new possibilities that end with a new presentation of the gospel of Christ Jesus. Now, let's walk with Philip down this pathway that leads him in a new direction. Because I know you may feel at times that you're a person that is very ordinary. You ever felt that way about yourself? You're just very ordinary. Nothing really special about you. Plain Jane, just as vanilla as they come. Well, I understand. I know how you feel because I felt that way many times in my life. I felt that 
there was really nothing special about me or who I was. I was just Tony. Those that knew me, you know, growing up, that was my nickname. I was just old Tony. Nothing really special. But then without any warning at all, God used me to accomplish some extraordinary results for him. Now watch this. Just when you begin to think and feel unuseful, that's when God will step in and use you in a great way. So don't feel bad about feeling that you're ordinary because God can use you regardless of how you feel about yourself. So many others that have been used by God that were considered misfits societies unclassified and those deemed unqualified to break down barriers. God used those people. You know, it's amazing what can happen to and through an ordinary man or woman when God pours in a little hardship and the power of the Holy Spirit into the mix. Lives can utterly be changed and moved into a direction more profitable, more successful, and more meaningful. There is nothing too hard for God. There is a level of discernment that is needed when moving into a direction that is new to you. If you're going to be moving into a different direction, there has to be a level of discernment there. But what does that look like? Well, in the case of a leader, many of you say that you are called to be a leader. Many of you are aspiring to be a leader. Many of you want to be a leader. But as a leader, discernment is when you read the situation before you lead. That's the type of discernment you need as a leader. Discernment is when you read the situation before you lead. You must be able to illustrate the importance of leading and one that can adapt to a new situation and meet the need. Is that the type of leader you are? It's called being flexible. Flexibility is a quality necessary in life. We all have to be flexible. Are you flexible? Can you be flexible? I know many people are so rigid in their life and in their leading other people. It's like it's my way or the highway. No, it's God's way or no way. That's the way it has to be in your life. So in our lesson, Philip had been preaching and praying for the sick in Samaria. That's where he was at. While he was in the middle of a revival, as it were, an angel spoke to him and told him to go south to the Gaza Road. Now, Philip was right in the middle of a revival. So he had to adjust his sails and redirect his course right then and there. Now, this is where the discernment comes in. On the road to Gaza, he reads the situation. He read the situation, y'all. Remember, discernment is you read the situation before you lead. Well, on the Gaza road, he read the situation. There was a significant official, 
who had just happened to be the treasurer of Ethiopia, who had stopped to read the scriptures. Did you catch that? This official treasurer of Ethiopia stopped to read the scriptures. He was a high official who had just happened to stop in his tracks to read the scriptures. Now, how many of you would just stop right where you are? Stop what you're doing and just read the scriptures. <laughs> Even when you do have time, do you take a break and read the word, read the scriptures? Oh my, did it get quiet up in here. Did you hear the crickets? Oh, it got real silent with that question of reading the word. I know many of you do, but there's many of us, we don't take that opportunity to read God's word. Well, Philip seized the opportunity to introduce this high official to Christ. He didn't care who he was or what his title was. Because in God's eyes, in the eyes of God, we are all equal. We put status quo on man. If they have a title, we treat them with a level of respect that we don't treat certain other people with. We bring them down front, sit them on the front row. We bring them down to the to the stage and give them a special place on stage. We allow them to come in first. We allow them to eat first. We just treat them differently than anybody else. But when given the opportunity, do we introduce them to Christ? Are you able to read the situation? Doesn't matter what their title is. Do you take that opportunity to introduce them to Christ? Before we get into our three key points in our lesson. Let me give you six R's that involve a spirit-filled leader in using discernment. Because being spirit-filled involve these six R's. All right, you ready? Number one, seeing your responsibility. This comes out of our lesson today in verse 25. Seeing your responsibilities. Philip was already doing what he knew to do. He was having a revival. He was ministering. He was preaching. He was teaching. He saw his responsibility at that particular time, and he was doing what he was called to do, seeing your responsibility. You have to see your responsibility, but not only see your responsibility, you have to work. Know what you are supposed to do and do it. That's seeing your responsibility. R number two, surrendering your rights. In verses 26 through 28, surrendering your rights. Philip didn't demand his own way, but remained flexible. He left a revival to go to a desert. He was willing to surrender his own will, his own rights, his own way to do what he was called to do next. R number three, sensing 
your revelation. In verses 29 and 30, sensing your revelation. Here, Philip listened to the Spirit. God may speak through people, He may speak through Scripture, or He may even speak through spiritual intuition. You have to sense your revelation, what's being revealed to you by the Spirit of God. Can you sense that? When He speaks, do you listen? R number four, sharing your relationship. And this comes from 31 through 34, sharing your relationship. Here, Philip approached the need from a relational perspective, not just a result perspective. He approached the need from a relational perspective. Not just a result perspective. It wasn't just about the result. It was more of a relationship with this man. Can you share your relationship with others that you have with Christ? We're sometimes so quick to see the results that we forget to build a relationship with people that we're talking to. It's like in business. There are certain people that are in insurance, that are in sales, that are in multi-level marketing, that are in any type of sales position. They're more interested in the results. How many can I close? What's my closing ratio? What was my premiums that I got from this? And, and it's like, did you even build a relationship with these people? You have to build a relationship with people before you sell them on anything. Even talking to them about Christ before you just start bombarding them with scriptures after scripture after scripture and you prophesying to them. How about building a relationship with them? Jesus built a relationship with those that were around him. Yes, he was the word in living flesh, but he still built a relationship. He shared his relationship with them and then we see the results in him sharing his relationship. R number five, showing your revelance in verses 35, showing your revelance. Philip started where the Ethiopian eunuch was. Now that's important to understand. He was connecting with him right where he was. Do you connect with people where they are when you're speaking, when you're ministering? Is your ministry relevant to where they are in their life at that particular time, at that particular moment? Is it relevant to their situation? This is why it's so important to read the situation before you lead, before you speak, before you minister. Get a picture of your surroundings. Know your audience. Know the person you're dealing with. Is what you're about to say in reference to their life right now, is it relevant to their situation and what they're going through? That's why it's important that you start right where they are in life. So Philip, he started right where the Ethiopian eunuch was and connected with him right there. That's very important. Now, R number six, securing your response, verses 36 through 39. 
securing your response. Philip led the man to a point of decision and saw results. Oh, let me say that again, because that's important to to hear and understand. Philip led the man to a point of decision and saw results. When you speak to people, do you lead them to a point of decision? It's called the close in business. You know, you ask a closing question and you be quiet. Allow them to answer because they'll answer their own questions. Give them enough time to talk. They'll talk themselves right into a sale or you might talk them out of a sale. Now, that's from the business perspective. But when you're talking to people about Christ, are you leading them to a point of making the decision to receive Christ into their lives? That's the results. Receiving Christ. Lead the people to the point of making the decision to say, like in the Bible in Acts, they after Peter had preached to the multitudes, they said, what must we do to be saved? That's leading them to a point of decision making. So lead them to a point of decision and then you'll see a result. Let God do the results. He'll save them. Okay, now let's move on over to our three points in our lesson. That was the six R that involve a spirit-filled leader in using discernment. It's very important if you're going to lead, if you're going to be in leadership, have the spirit of discernment working in your life. Now, our three points in our lesson. You know I couldn't get by without giving you three points in our lesson? Come on. (laughs) You know by now. All right. Number one, ready to go. This is coming out of our lesson, Acts 8, 2 through 27. Ready to go. Number two, ready to learn. And that's verses 28 through 30. Ready to learn. Now, number three is ready to respond. That comes from verses 31 through 39 ready to respond. Now, point number one, ready to go. Hang with me, y'all. We're almost finished. And I think what I'll do is right after this break, we'll go into our three points. So we'll be back right after. Welcome back to Life's Word Podcast. We're talking about it's time for a new direction. We left off with our three points of our lesson. And point number one is ready to go. And that's coming from Acts 8, 2 through 27. Let me ask you a question. Are you ready to go? I think that's a good question. Are you ready to go? Not just in the aspect of life. You know, you get ready at home. You're getting dressed. And someone says, are you ready to go? You know, around here, all these women... It's like I get dressed so quick and I have to sit and wait for everybody else to get dressed. And I'm constantly asking, are you ready to go? You guys ready to go? I'll be like, come on, let's go. But you got to understand they're women. They got to look their best before they step outside. But are you ready to go? This is the question that comes to the forefront of our lesson tonight. Are we ready to leave? The places that bring us much comfort. See, that's the question. 
These are our havens of safety, our homes of worship. But are we ready to leave these places to journey into the new possibilities and opportunities that God is clearly calling us into? Yes, 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 yes. I understand. Many are called, but few are chosen. I get that. And if you are blessed to be chosen, then apparently you must be ready to go. You may think you're not, but how many others before you thought that they too were not ready to go where God has called them to go or even say what it is that God wants you to say? Philip is a disciple who seems very ready. When you read about his story, Philip is anxious and ready to go. Even though he did not have the full picture of the exact place he would go, the exact person he would meet, or how things would end for him. And in my mind, he must have been so prepared and deeply rooted in his faith that none of these were his primary concern. He wasn't concerned about where he was going, where he was going to end up, how it was going to end, who he was going to meet. He was so deep in his faith. I want to be so deep in my faith. That's scary. I'm going to tell you now, when you start talking about you want more faith in God and he starts to try you. Ooh, Lord have mercy. That's a scary thing. If we don't get caught up on the where, the when, the why, or the who, then maybe we would be deeply rooted in our faith as well. Not so concerned with all the extras that come along with waiting or moving into our purpose. In verse 26, it states merely that the Lord sent a message to Philip. Go. Followed by verse 27, which depicts Philip's response. Now, pay close attention here to his response. The Bible says, and he rose and went. That was his response. <laughs> it wasn't a matter of where we going. Why, you, why do I have to go? Why can't you choose someone else? Are we at the point in our faith in which we are ready to start in an entirely new direction? If not, then how can we do a better job at preparing ourselves? Now, that's something to think about. How do we better ourselves? How do we get better in preparing ourselves for this new direction? Point number two ready to learn now this correlates with how do we do a better job in preparing ourselves well we get ready to learn for one but you have to be ready to learn are you ready to learn how to do a better job in preparing yourself for a new direction that god has purposed you to go and this comes through verses 28 through 30 ready to learn. Now, I love learning new things. One thing I enjoy is reading about the Christian history in the Bible and how it relates to us today in our life. That was pretty much one reason why I went back to college after 10 years of laying off. It took me 10 years to get settled in my thinking and stable in my life just enough to take on the task of getting my degree. 
You know, when I graduated from high school, I said, uh, I went right into junior college. You know, it was like another year of high school. So I said, nah, I'm not ready for this. I'm going to take a break. Took me 10 years to go back. And when I went back, I first went and got a pharmacology degree. So I have a degree in pharmacology. I got bored with that because it really didn't fit what I wanted to do in my life. I didn't feel like I wanted to sit behind a counter and take people's prescriptions, them coughing on me and things like that, you know, that just wasn't my calling. What was yearning deep inside of me was to learn more about God and his call on my life. Nothing else seemed to satisfy that longing in my spirit. So I left, you know, I was working at Savons and I, you know, I was like, done, I quit. This is why it is vital for Christian parents to teach their children early the things of God and keep it before them daily. Why do you think Solomon wrote, train up a child in the way he should go? Because of what his dad, King David, taught him and all of what he learned over his kingly reign. Children are growing up and they're not knowing anything about God or the Bible. I was taught early the things of God. So it was ingrained in me. It was instilled in me. So when, when I became a man, those are the things that I was yearning to learn more about. And as a result of us parents not teaching our children the things of God, we're losing generations. And children are growing up not respecting men and women of God. They are biblically and spiritually retarded. I'm going to say it again. Our children today are biblically and spiritually retarded. They're dwarfed in their thinking of how to live in this world because there's no spiritual foundation being built in their life. So here's what I did. I enrolled at Grand Canyon University to get my bachelor's degree because I found out that Grand Canyon was a Christian university. And when I was about finished with that degree, I knew right away to keep going to get my master's degree. So I ended up finishing out my bachelor's degree in Christian studies. And then I went on to get my master's in Christian studies with an emphasis in leadership. I would have kept going to get my doctrine, but life started to get in the way and Things started happening, you know how it is, life just gets in the way, but I'm truly thankful for all that I did receive in my educational pursuit. I still have that desire within me right now to get my doctorate, and I'm going to tell you, it's never too late to go back to school. I hear about 90-year-old women going to get their degrees, so it's never too late. When you know, you know, there's that burning desire inside of you that can't be put out with anything other than that for which you seek after. So if you seek after it, if you have that burning desire inside of you, go get it. Nothing should stop you from pursuing your goals and your dreams, especially if it's the purpose that God has called you for. In our lesson, Philip's obedience to God and his sensitivity to where God is leading results in an encounter with an Ethiopian official, one whose chariot is positioned on the same road on which Philip is traveling. Isn't that just like God? God will place you on the road 
that you are to minister. He'll place you in a particular situation where he wants you to be, to be used. That's just like God. And I'm going to say this, there are no coincidences with God. Things are purposed and absolute with him. There ain't no queaky dink, as they say. There's no coincidence. These things are purposed and they're absolute when God is involved. This whole situation and encounter could have been an occasion for a messy, awkward cross-cultural disaster, but it didn't. Here we quickly learn that this is not the case with Philip. Why? Because Philip was not only ready to go, he is ready to learn from what God is calling him to do next. At the prompting of the Holy Spirit, Philip finds himself next to the Ethiopian man, observant of the fact that the man is studying scripture. He's reading the situation. Philip takes this as an opportunity to learn more about his stranger neighbor. Do you take the opportunity to learn more about people that you don't know? So what does he do? He leans in and he inquires with a simple question. Do you understand what you're reading? That's verse 30. And from this, a floodgate opens, rushing with the opportunity to engage and dialogue with this man further. All you got to do is just ask a question. There's no dumb questions. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions. They say, ask more questions. This is how we learn. The professors used to tell us all the time. The only dumb question is the one not asked. This is a perfect example of the power that a short question can have from a person who is ready to learn. That is so powerful. Point number three, ready to respond. So now that you are ready to go, now that you're ready to learn, are you ready to respond? As we bring this lesson to a close and we continue reading this narrative, we observe one last fact about Philip that is very admirable. He is ready to respond. Philip not only is equipped to learn more about his stranger neighbor, but he is also ready to respond to his needs. See, that's key right there. Are you ready to respond to a person's needs? You ask a question. How can I help you? Well, you need to be ready to respond to their needs. Notice what happens after Philip's initial question. A conversation about a passage of Isaiah 53 begins. The Ethiopian confesses that he does not know how to interpret what the prophet's words are. And then, ready Philip, steps in to meet a need. And this is something that I learned in business. And I want to reference this to business owners that are Christian. They say, if you meet the need, you'll never be broke. You find the need and fill it. So here, Philip was finding this eunuch's need, and he filled the need. And they call him Ready Philip. Well, Ready Philip steps in and he meets this man's needs. We learn that Philip has indeed done his homework. 
and he is ready to respond to the inquiry when the Ethiopian asks for an explanation of a passage of scripture from Isaiah 53. And Philip, what does he do? He shares the gospel of Christ Jesus through an explanation of the prophecy. You know, here's a popular catchphrase within uh, some Christian circles. When did God call you? This is a question posed typically to people that are in full-time ministry. The way it gets asked supposes that God usually calls a person once. It also supposes that one is called to work in a local church. Philip is called to go in a new direction. He wasn't just called to his local church. He wasn't just called to one particular area. Now, I wonder what would happen if we began to expect two and three calls. I wonder what would happen if we were called to journey down a road unfamiliar to us. You know, I think about this phrase, when did God call you? I've heard it used in ways to where people want people to get up off of them, back up off me. You know, they'll say something to them that God has placed in their heart to say, and then the person be like, when did God call you? As if to say, who made you chief bottle washer? God can speak to me. Why he call you to speak to me? Because that's what God does. That's how he works. If and when God calls, would we be ready? Would we be ready to go? Would we be ready to learn? And would we be ready to respond to the new people that God brings our way? You know, God may call you or me to go in a new direction today, tomorrow, or even next week. A direction that is new may mean we need to cross over a border, a boundary that brings some stranger neighbors into our lives. An area that we're uncomfortable with, we're unfamiliar with. So here, The question is this, will we be ready like Philip was when God calls us? It's time for a new direction. Well, that concludes our podcast for today. I trust you were blessed and enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to tune in again right here on Life's Word Podcast. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. I would also like to take this opportunity to thank those of you that partner with us by sowing a financial seed into this ministry regularly. You know, we are a listener supported podcast and your generous giving allows us to share the gospel throughout the world. If you're not a partner and you would like to sow into this ministry, you certainly can by going to paypal.me forward slash life's word ministry. And if you would like a copy of my brand new book, Pathway to Christ, one, you can go to amazon.com and purchase it there. Or if you would like a personally autographed copy, you can go to paypal.me forward slash Malachi 660 forward slash 20 and be sure to include your mailing address as well and you'll be put on a list for me to autograph your book and we'll mail those out to you and we'll even pay the shipping for you so thank you again and until next time god loves you and i do too